Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with Scotland-based author, podcaster, speaker, and coach, Allison Smith. She has 23 years of experience as a coach and speaker. Her podcast, Landscaping Your Life, is about getting back on track when you're stuck and can't see the wood for the trees. She loves going out for walks, open water swimming, reading, writing, and nature. She's a great topic, great story. Enjoy this interview. How are you today? I'm good. Yes, it's a bit earlier for you, isn't it? Uh, well, right now for us, it is 11 a.m. Where are you located? Uh, Scotland, so it's um, 4 o'clock here. Okay. I always love the future, so it always excites me to hear that. <laughs> so, hey, it's great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out today. And before we get into your life and, you know, kind of peeling back some of the layers, I'm curious, how did you survive this COVID time period? You know, we're kind of coming out of it. Um, things are waking up. How did you get through it? How has it changed the way that you do things now? How I got through it was dialing down, I think. So I went I went inside and didn't try and engage because I think I'd have found it far too stressful. And coming out of it, I suppose I quite like the fact that a lot more of it I can do at home, so better life balance, less travelling, and, and able to engage with clients further afield. So doing a coaching session in Florida with them in Florida, me in Scotland is not as odd as it might have been before COVID. Absolutely. Well, and even with podcasting, it's just a lot more common to talk to people and connect at very remote parts of the world, which is the beauty of technology and just the beauty of human connection. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, Let's get a handle on exactly what you do on a daily basis for a living. And I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day. And one of the kids looks up at you and asks you, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? I help people get unstuck when they, when they don't know what to do. They're struggling, overwhelmed, stressed. Now, when you were in the third grade, what did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, that question is always guaranteed to lighten up anybody, no matter where they're at in life. It always makes people happy. I love that question. Well, it just takes yeah. you right back. It's the instant serum back to childhood. You know, it's beautiful. Um, so are you happy with how everything's turned out? You know, you're an, you're, you're an author, podcaster, speaker, coach. There's a lot of things. You give a lot of yourself. Are you happy with how everything's turned out? Yes, I think so. I mean, interestingly, I, I turned 60 a few months ago, and I was expecting to do this big review of, you know, how, how I might have changed what I was, you know, would have done something differently, give myself advice. And that isn't what I wanted to do. I just wanted to look for the future and see it as a new chapter. And it wasn't about looking back. I was really quite surprised. The great thing I think about getting older, and I just turned 50 in October, is that there is something that, that you hold within yourself because you've been around on the planet long enough where when you look at the younger generations, even if they don't listen to you, you still have incubate this wisdom, this thing that you have to literally be around long enough to have 
and to hold on to? Yes, because I definitely think that I think differently than I did when I was younger. Some things that, you know, I suppose I would have seen as being the end of the world if they'd happened aren't so, <laughs> so much of a problem anymore, even if they did happen. Um, yeah. We definitely find a way to mellow out for sure. So I'm I curious. Think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So. Who's been a role model for you in your life? Who's been an instrumental person in your life that's really motivated you and made you want to be who you are today? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm going to say Caroline Mace, who is not everybody's cup of tea. Um, but I see so much of me in her, and I just love how she is very direct. She's an, she's an author, she's a speaker, um, and, in, and a thought leader, I suppose, gets you to think differently, challenges you. So I suppose I look upon her because I realise that that's who I want to be, that challenger, getting people to think differently. So let's get to the essence of this motivation in you and who you are. Take me back to where you were born and raised and how some of these beginnings, these seeds, these motivations began for you early on to write and to coach and to help people and to give of yourself. Yeah, I was born in the middle of in the Midlands in England, and I don't know. I suppose from the eight when I was a teenager, I ended up being the chairperson of the local youth council. And, and so that's always been something I've done where I've spoken up. People have said, oh, we like what you say. Will you, you know, go and be part of that team and represent us? And so I was quite used to sort of standing up in front of groups of people. Um, I can remember chairing a meeting with some parents and a local um, politician came up to my mother afterwards apparently and said oh, she ever's looking for a job because I'd, I'd managed to sort of get the parents to calm down because they'd all come with, with an axe to grind and I just said well that's not what we're here to do so I don't want to take those questions or something but at and as a part of that teenager piece I suppose I was always writing into magazines and um, having magaz you know, letters published in magazines so, but there was always from a point of view of wanting the world to be a better place, I suppose. Um, and then I forgot it, I think. I went to university. I was, again, chairman of the society, the sort of social society for the um, degree course I was on. So I've always, I've always been quite vocal. I suspect then when I left university and started work and got married, I have a lull of about 10 years where all of that got pushed to one side. And then when we divorced, then it all came, you know, it all came back again, went on a neuro-linguistic programming course, um, and then was able to use all of what I was learning at work and I don't know that I ever set out to help people. It's just, that's what I do. If somebody, if any of my friends are struggling, I'm the top of the list. So if some, my friends are having a good week, 
I'm not top of the list to ring and tell me, but if they're having a bad day, I am absolutely the first person I'll ring because I don't know. They'll either cry as soon as they are, I answer the phone or calm down. It's as if somehow they feel held and accepted for exactly where they're at. And perhaps that's where clients come in as well, that I'm not going to judge anybody by what they say because we can all get ourselves in pickles and there's no right or wrong. It's just what is, which is what the words in one of the poems I've written. Um, so I think, I think it's come out of, the journey has been coming, has come out of, that whatever my view on the world is, helps people to stand in the problem, see the problem differently, get out of the hole, and then get on with whatever they're doing. So I'm definitely not a coach that somebody sees every week or every month. I'm the get you out of the hole. So I might be there for a little bit. I'm a guide, but once once you're on your path, then then you'll say goodbye to me and you'll get on your path and you may have other coaches that help you on your path, but I'm not that one. I'm the one that gets you out of the hole. You're the smelling salt. That's a good gift to have for sure. Oh, oh, I love it. Because oh, well, I like metaphors. So I just the, the I, yes. The reason I like that is that sometimes people don't get that the impact of the smelling salts, which is why that metaphor for me is quite rich in terms of yeah, it's that short, sharp shock of, but it's done with empathy. So it never fails to amaze me that I can be quite brutal, is the wrong word, but quite forthright with some people. And I'll think, if I was that, if somebody was that forthright with me, I'd cry. The person at the other end, the receiving end of that forthrightness goes, but you had to say it in the way you had to say it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have heard it if it had been said more nicely. You needed to be direct. Whereas sometimes I can see that my brain would like to say something, but intuition says not to because somebody is much more fragile is the wrong word, but but they need to go on the journey and it's not for me to do anything but to hold the space and allow them, even if it's at a millimetre a month, uh, to be shoved out of the hole. <laughs> No, I understand. Um, so let me ask you this. If you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend a little time with them, who would it be? Dalai Lama. Excellent. <laughs> uh, that took no thinking whatsoever. That's hilarious. He, he, I saw him speak in Australia. Um, I sort of fixed my holiday around when he was at a conference, a happiness conference, and went to the conference. And that man can just walk in a room and say nothing and, and you get goosebumps. There is a energy that comes with him and there's a, he doesn't play games. I've seen people try and play games to, to sort of be the big ego when they're asking him questions. He just doesn't. It doesn't engage with that. And I suppose that might be where um, Caroline Mace is. My observation of her is that if somebody's playing games, she engages with the person behind the games, not the game playing. 
That's great. I love that. I can see that too. Um, so who's been a, who's been a hero for you in your life? I don't know that they've been around for that long because one of them's 11, but the neighbors next door never, who are 11 and eight, although I'm sure I'll get told off because one of them's possibly nine, Uh are heroes in how accepting they are, how insightful they are. You know, I live on my own, they live next door. When I had my new knee last year, they stepped up to just absolutely keep an eye on me, came around every day. So there's a consistency and an open-heartedness about them that I would say mean that they're my current heroes, I would say. And they do great hugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a writer, what was the book that you read, the first book you ever read that made you either want to write or read more? Well, the one I'd always go back to is Fear the Fear and Do It Anyway by Suzanne Jeffers. As much because I still quote some of what's in the book. I mean, subsequently, a lot of Wayne Dyer, uh, Caroline Mace again. But I think it's, if I go back to the early, when I was sort of certainly diving into the um, self-development side, then it would be, yeah, Susan Jeffers. I can't read it now and it means the same thing. So it, I'm definitely in a different place. But when I came to it, it was a revelation to how I was operating in the world and what and what changes I could make internally that would in, which would change the outside world, really. So every day you wake up, you're motivated. You have things that you want to do and accomplish in your life. What is the motivator for you? What makes you who you are and makes you achieve what you do? The the, the value is making a difference and that, but with humor (laughs) and and me also having some flexibility. So I think there's an element of the, the work I've chosen to do allows me flexibility that perhaps a nine to five, Monday to Friday wouldn't give me. So when I left full-time employment 16 years ago, there was a sense of freedom that came with it that means that I've, I suppose, had to flex work to allow that flexibility. Um, I don't know if that's answered it, really. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. So (laughs) how do you get to the end of that proverbial day and say, that was a good day. I, I, I think that was, uh, everything was good that day. I see, I'd love to say it's the list of to-dos ticked off, but it isn't. It's the, somebody replying, somebody replying, like, like literally half an hour ago, somebody came back to a response to something I put on LinkedIn. And I, for me, it was just, all oh, right, they got it. They were able to add to it. They've given me something to think about. So for me, that's a good day because something I've written has inspired somebody to take something beyond where my head was and has given me something back. And and yet last week I did a coaching session. It's a three hour one using a, something called the transformation game. And a good day on that day is just knowing that that person was just 
in a completely different headspace, infused. So quite often it's the impact I've had on others rather than whether I've got through my to-do list, which previous bosses would agree because (laughs) I didn't always get my to-do list done, but I could tell you all the people I'd helped. So if you... If you were to have a dream tonight, you ran into your younger version, say in your 20s, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the life you've lived and the wisdom you've gained, what would you tell that younger version? That the humor and laughter and everything that makes me me is what the world needs. And not to buy into the belief that you can't, the way I do in business because I'm because I can be loud because I can be a bit um, unconventional because I laugh a lot um, you know I did a workshop once and <laughs> they turned they pulled a card and it said kindness on it and somebody said oh I didn't know I could bring kindness to work with me um, so it's that Being into the stereotype and not buying into what other people say and following my own truth about what I think you can do in business and holding that and taking that with me wherever I go in business. So with that being said, I'm going to kind of continue that a little bit and get to the essence of you. Everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, um, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, I've got very quiet. Oh, actually, it's interesting. I've got a um, some words on my desk that say, I am the intuitive light. And I think that is what I see. I'm the one that sees things others don't see and can ask questions or or shine the light to enable people to see perhaps themselves better. So it's the intuitive light that just, yeah, shines a light for others to see themselves and know themselves. And I suppose step out of what I've just said I've stepped out of, which is the belief in the stereotype that we can be ourselves in business. We can be ourselves in, in the world. And that's exactly what the world needs. It's a whole load of people all doing the same thing. Yeah, no, that makes that makes total sense. I'm curious, what's been one of the best fan letters you've ever received or client responses? I think it's thank you for being Alison y and that links to exactly what we've just been talking about. The, the, them seeing me being me and that being enough for them too. And and appreciating that. So, Allison, if anyone out there wants to get your book, get involved with podcasting, anything from your speaking to coaching, anything revolving around your world, where is the best place for them to go? Best place is just to look up Landscaping Your Life 
on any platform and they'll find me because Alison Smith, there are far too many Alison Smiths around. You will be struggling, you'll be there searching in little corners and still not find me. Whereas Landscaping Your Life, you'll find me on LinkedIn. The podcast is Landscaping Your Life. If you look up Landscaping Your Life on YouTube, Facebook, you'll find me. So Landscaping Your Life would be the best way of... And actually, if you do Landscaping Your Life, search on Amazon or any other book, you'll find the book that way as well so um yeah excellent allison this has been wonderful thank you for being open and honest about your life and what you do and what makes you who you are best of luck with everything i appreciate it well thanks for asking such searching questions Joe. thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with joe domino where we cover the world of art literature business spirituality music and more from around the globe if you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.